Yo, what's up, everybody? You are now listening to From the East Side with La As always, it's your boy Kosher. And again, it's more MMA talk, UFC talk. You know how we do pay-per-view match coming up, pay-per-view car coming up. Uh, my boy, my boy, Remy Safe has been holding us down on From the East Side with Love. I got I to gotta do some more podcasts, Remy Safe. But in the meantime, let's, now I'm talking about stuff that I don't do. Let's talk about stuff that we do do. MMA talk, UFC 245. Are you ready? Oh, man. I'm hyped for this one. We got three title fights. We got multiple legends, former champs on the card. I couldn't be more excited. It's good to be back and talking with everybody from the East Side with love. Much love. Good to talk again, Kosher. Let's get it, bro. Let's get it. Let the people know your social right before we start, man. Yeah, you can catch me on Twitter at J4Remy. That's J the number four and R-E-M-I. All right. All right. So, man, um, I was telling you off air that I will unfortunately be at a Christmas party during the actual card, but you know I will have my phone and you'll probably be texting me updates or whatnot and I might have to tell somebody put that fight on, man. I need to see the card. So, um, let's get into it, dude. Like, we're, we're going to start with the Peter Yan. Where where, where you want to go? You want to go Uriah Faber, Peter Yan? You, you're trying to hit the Moraes versus Aldo. Both fights are intriguing. Yeah, man. They both bring a, a former legend into a fight with one of the young top dogs. And I think, first off, the one, the easy one for me is Faber versus Jan. I just think Jan is a force of nature at this point. And Faber, Faber doesn't look like a different fighter from who he was five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago. So for me, I think Jan's going to be too much for him. And I think that's that's my most confident pick, to be honest. I think Jan's too much for Faber. So I think I had, I think you, like, we, we, once we found out Uriah, we're like, what the freak's going on? Like, you're back. And then it was against Peter, Peter Jan. And you were like, whoa, talk about a comeback fight. Talk about not taking the easy way out, right? Uh, what what intrigues you about the PDR matchup? Because you, I, I think that you, that's like some guy that you're looking for at 135 that's supposed to be on the rise, correct? Yeah, I think Peter Yan is one fight away from a title fight. I have him just underneath wow. Aljamain Sterling as the next dude. And what Yan is doing to dudes, he just really had a dominant performance against Jimmy Rivera. He's got amazing hands. His wrestling, he's tough to take down, can wrestle if he needs to take you down. And he throws a ton of volume, sharp, precise. He's basically one of the best up-and-coming prospects that hasn't fought for a belt yet. And for me, like, Faber took a tough fight with Ricky Simon and caught him and submitted him, but this is a whole different stratosphere. This is literally a guy who could have gotten the title shot. And because of the delays with Henry Seudo's health, because I think Aljamain definitely has the rightful next shot, I think now he took a fight with a legend. And I think he's got that. faber has got the usual, the overhand right and the chokes. And I don't think Jan is susceptible to either of those. He's going to work him with the volume early and overwhelm him possibly a TKO before the end of the third before the end of the second round I'll say okay do you think Jan took it to put name recognition on his resume absolutely I think I think what happened was Jan was caught between a rock and a hard place Sehudo's injured Jan could have potentially maybe fought Aljamain Sterling but I'm not sure either of them wanted that fight unless it was an interim title. And the UFC wasn't going to do that. So he winds up getting a big name, a very winnable fight. And it puts him, it still keeps him in that position, that pole position to either be next or to be the one right after. I got you. I got you. And it's a a safe fight for him, you think, then? I, I'm pretty confident that Peter Young wins this fight. I, there are not a lot of fighters that I've been more impressed with over the last couple of years. Okay, so then 
what happens to Uriah? I think, well, Uriah, it, he doesn't lose much from losing to the number two guy in the division, top three in the division max. I think what winds up for Uriah is he probably starts looking at some of some of the lower end of the top 10, which is still uh, pretty tough. I'm not sure who's ranked there now. I have the rankings pulled up. The, he, there's no easy fights at Bantamweight, basically, at this point. So Cody Garbrandt's down at 8. I think where you'd wind up seeing Uriah, he's in 12th right now. He's in scary territory even there. Marlon Vera, John Dotson, something like that. But otherwise, he's looking at murderers, bro. Rob Font would be is ranked above him and below some of these other guys. But there's no easy fights for Uriah after this. I'm not sure how much longer he should stick around, to be honest. I thought he was I thought he was good to be retired and kind of stick to the coaching game at this point because the game has evolved a lot in the span of his career. He went from dominant to kind of predictable at this point. Right, right, right. And I think I think to your point, he isn't he's in no man's land, you know, and the fact that he did pick such a high opponent is good because he doesn't lose as much, but if he still feels like he needs to he, he should be amongst the top three, well here's your chance, dude. You've been out for a couple of months. I know you, you had that return fight. You won it, whatever. But it's apples and oranges right now. If you believe Peter Young is as good as you say he is, then it could be a short night for Uriah. That's that's kind of how I'm envisioning it, to be honest. Let's put it this way. Jimmy Rivera's ranked number seven. Peter Yan had a very dominant performance against Jimmy Rivera. And do you remember Jimmy Rivera versus Uriah Faber? It was uh, yeah. pretty one-sided. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next fight that's interesting to both of us is freaking Mariah's. Marlon Mariah's versus Aldo out of nowhere, right? Uh, can I just say that this, I've never been more, I'm super excited about this fight if Aldo's in good shape. The problem is, I, and we've talked about it, we've sent each other pictures of what Aldo looks like right now. Aldo doesn't, he doesn't look right. It reminds me of what TJ Dillashaw looked like, all with even the behavior of, yeah, I'm doing fine, I'm way ahead, and then it turns out TJ Dillashaw struggled to make weight and wound up using performance-enhancing drugs to get there and looked terrible when he got into the octagon. I, I'm not saying PEDs for Aldo. I'm saying he's going to look drained, and I don't trust him to rehydrate the way he, or look like he looks at 145, where he even had weight problems there, weight cut issues there earlier in his career. And... If we're going even further, we'll, I'll talk about this more when Volkanovski comes up, but I didn't think Aldo looked right against Volkanovski, and I thought it was weight cut issues. We talked about it where I was like, he needs to go to 155. Now he's at 135 fighting the guy who just lost the title shot. Okay, so you say all that, and I'm thinking the same thing. Well, one of Aldo's former opponents, freaking Connor, comes and comments on one of all those latest picks and says he looks alright. Interesting for Connor, who's not even well, he he just, you know, he just picked up a fight, but interesting for Connor to come out of left field and, 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 and speak on behalf of Aldo. To me, I okay. I understand in a Maybe in a sense why Aldo went to 135 because he probably feels he can control Sahudo. But Aldo has had the most known problem with weight at 145. And Going back to the Connor fight, which was a one-hitter quitter, basically, he didn't even look good then. And it's it sucks because he's the king at 145 at one time. 
But Max, you know, is building his own legacy. And now we find the king without a home. Was there a chance for him to go to 155? Hell yeah, there was a chance. But then you have a murderous road there as well. Uh, there is no easy fight for Aldo at 155. Not to say that he couldn't hold his own, because I think he could. But instead of going to 155, he went to 135. And the only, and there's, look, the UFC must have told him, hey, because it's the only thing I can think of. You beat Marias, we'll usher you to the title shot. Because I, I, I don't, what's incentive for Aldo to be at 135? There is no incentive for him to keep fighting there. More, and it shouldn't be more than three fights max. Uh, and on top of that, Aldo's been talking about he wanted to retire. So I don't know if this is a money thing. I know that he can't keep fighting at 145 because he's just been slaughtering everybody except for Max and the Alex fight. And let's talk about that Alex fight. I was thoroughly disappointed. I didn't think Aldo was anywhere near motivated to fight Alex. I thought it's crazy because if, I mean, you, I, I couldn't say if you put the performance that he had against Frankie Edgar in a shell and you fight Alex, he would destroy him. But those were two different fighters, dude. Aldo looked lethargic against Alex, and he looked like a man on a mission against Frankie. And so, for me, I don't know. I I would have loved for Aldo to find his way back to get to to fight against Alex, but Alex found the bigger and better things, as you say. We'll talk about later on. So I I, I don't know, dude, because you cannot tell me. This is the way all of us should be remembered at 145 losing back basically back to back fights. Max and, and Alex, right? Was it back to back? Or he had the Moicano win between that. So he had okay, a real yeah. nice knockout on Moicano. Oh, and I and think Stevens. Nice. And Stevens, that's right. Body punch to Stevens. Knock TKO's Moicano. And then Volkanovsky just comes and catches him by surprise. And I liken that performance to when Jacare fought Jack Hermanson where it was a fighter who felt he was superior when he ran into somebody who was unfamiliar and better than he thought he didn't have he got caught in his own head so he was very caught in between and Volkanovski throws a ton of feints throws the soft stuff and Aldo never got the timing in that fight he spent the whole fight chasing and never able to get the timing and then to move down to 135 I think you mentioned it where's his head at and when you said it it's like yeah man we didn't trust where his head was at in the Volkanovski fight and now to move down to 135 where the only thing I can think is he's always had a speed advantage at 145 so maybe he thinks it'll be he'll be able to adjust to the speed at 135 and have size advantage that he hasn't had but I to me it's still it's grasping at straws instead of sticking to where I thought he belonged, which was more go to a place where you're going to be fully replenished and your takedown defense is great. It might not, I, I don't trust him against a Khabib, but against virtually anyone else in that division, I'm giving Aldo a pretty decent shot, at least a puncher's chance with a huge speed advantage, which changes things. Okay, so now you said, okay, so that's why I think Aldo went from he has a better shot at beating the champ there. And sure. honestly, let, let's keep it all the way 100. If Aldo beats Alex, who the hell is back <laughs> facing on Saturday? Yeah, it, it's probably looking at the rankings right now, Mago Mitsharapov would be next up. And I don't, I think that would be a bad what? match for Zabby. That would yep. be a terrible matchup. Yep. And it's not ready. Do you know? So then after that, it's Yair. Those are the next two guys that Max hasn't beaten yet in the division. Okay, and now we're going into John Jones territory. You see, so Aldo is doing Max a favor pretty much. <laughs> By not clearing out any more of that division for him. Pretty much. 
pretty. I mean, look, like literally, like it, like it was almost like they probably paid out on him to, to lose that fight because I mean there was there is nobody else Max could have fought. No. Nope. And how do you and how do you justify uh, Yair or Sharon Pope over Aldo if he just beat Alex, who was uh, who was on the streak himself? You know, so it's like. Aldo, Aldo was stuck, dude. Aldo was stuck, and again, you go to 155. Even if they ushered him against Khabib, I we don't like that matchup. And at least with the Cejudo, it's more believable. It's it is it is. It's just again, it's a hell of a sacrifice to get to that 135 for him specifically. Oh, yeah. So here, here here's a long end. Uh, here's the longest short of it. I'm actually gonna pick Aldo. Okay. Because Mariah's, to me, should have been what Aldo is gonna be to him. The bigger guy and should have handled Cejudo. I thought he was gonna handle Cejudo, but he got completely. And that's my boy, too. He got clowned, man. Honestly, he got clowned. And that left a bad taste in my mouth. And if Aldo. Is I think Aldo is honestly a better fighter. So if Aldo can bring in, you know, if he has his mind right, I don't. I even though his body might not be there, I think he will. He'll will his way there. I think he wins that fight. But with that being said, he, you know, the longer he fights. Like so, if it goes to the third round, the more his chances are going to be to lose. Cause I don't think he can sustain. Yeah, I see him drained at, by that point. I that's my worry. My my entire take on this is if he re, if he was to rehydrate and feel good, as good as he's claiming, he should be able to beat Morais. But I don't think he's going to, and I think Morais is good enough not to get knocked out early. And in the deeper water, it's hard for me to picture Aldo having the energy to win, to pull out, you know, the second half of the second round or the third round. And at the pace that a bantamweight sets, it's I I think I'm going with Marais by decision, unanimous decision. Okay, I'm gonna go with Aldo, KO. Uh, maybe, maybe third round. Okay, okay. Ah. Uh. All right, so we're going to go title fights. Straight to the title fights. That's all that's left. This card is insane. Woo! So we're straight out the main event. You want to go straight to the main event? Let's go to the main event and we'll work our way back. Okay, I'm with that. I'm with that. So then we got the wrestlers, the welterweights. Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington. What it do doesn't you think, make Coach? any sense, man. It doesn't make any sense, right? Because I, I, for the life of me, I can't figure out who's going to win this. Here's a hot take. Colby needs to win. Everything is riding on Colby winning. Why? If Colby wins, he becomes the biggest heel in sports, fighting sports today. That's a good call. Absolutely. 100. It's hard for me to think. You know what? The only one who I don't agree with him being treated as the way he gets by a lot of the fans would be John Jones's competition. And I don't think that's even close. People hate Colby Covington. And with that being said, it's in UFC's best interest if he does win. Because that will set up the mega, the mega hot supernova fight between him and Jorge Masvidal. That I need that. I would love to see that fight happen, man. It's same camp. They've already got the built-in beef. It it would be so fun to watch. But if I'm being honest with you, uh, <laughs> I'll get into it a little bit in a little bit. But I got Usman winning this one. I understand. I'm, I'm, but, but what I'm telling you is, is for business, it's, it's it's riding on Kobe to win. And USC is betting on Kobe, praying, praying for Kobe to take this. And 
Usman would be wise if he steps aside and let Kobe win too. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because it's, it's I feel like it might get a Woodley treatment. Unless Usman, unless Usman is willing to fight three times this year, next year, and like and do like you know put on like you know like knock out people and I mean. It, it's still because he doesn't really talk smack, and like people don't really. I I don't think people believe he's either genuine or that they just like you know it's like eh. I don't think people are in tune with him like that, and so. <coughs> no no, no shade to Usman. I think I think it's a great fight. I actually think he's going to win as well, mm-hmm. but. That doesn't do anybody any. That doesn't do anything for anybody. Well, but the one thing is, like we've said, is Kobe is so hated that, and I think it may come down to the nature of the win, which is where this is so problematic. But if Usman beats the guy that everybody hates, he can come out on the other end as like the hero, you know. But. You mentioned it that he need in his future. He's got to get some knockouts. He's got to have some flashy wins, and he hasn't had that. And Colby's not the guy that I picture him having a flashy win against. I think what we're in for is a lot of stalemates, a lot of position battling, and a lot of clinching, which the fans don't like. I get bored with it sometimes, and I love this stuff. Uh, if they're stalling and doing things like that, it gets boring for me even. When there's not, you know, enough, enough working, enough work going on. And I could very much see these guys still meeting each other and being stuck in a lot of positions. The reason I had Usman is just because I think he's the bigger, stronger fighter and a better striker from a technical perspective of getting power to things. Kobe's just a lot of volume. It's all volume. And... Uh, I've never been impressed with his striking, even after the Robbie Lawler win. It, it's all built around, be, uh, which is something I complain about with a lot of these guys. He's a subpar striker whose takedown threat is so good that guys have to be so wary of it that he takes advantage. That I don't see that being the case with Usman. So once you take that away, you have a much more winnable fight, and that's why I got Usman winning it. But... The one thing Kobe does have is cardio. So if if there's one way for Kobe to win, it's fourth or fifth round, championship rounds, gets a tired Usman and just swings the momentum for the second half of that fight and steals rounds that way. I you know, I yeah, I think I think Kobe cannot work Usman. Uh I don't see I don't see Usman being able to put on the same performance he did against Woodley against Kobe. I don't see that happening. So that makes me think that Usman's gonna try to try to get him out of there. And I don't see why he wouldn't try to do that because I mean we see what Jorge is doing and Jorge and to have some guy that's like the quote unquote baddest mother guy in your division and decimating fools left and right. And you're and, and and it's in your division. That's like low key, kind of like what the freak. Like so, I don't know. I I I would think Uzma would try to put out a point and try to get Kobe out of there. Even if he fought a fight where he just wins by decision, it's not gonna go well. It's not. Yeah. It, it, it's gonna it, it wastes it wastes the potential, and uh, it, to me. It becomes he becomes spoiled fruit, dude. He's gonna be sour milk. He he's and, 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 and it's gonna be Woodley again, dude. And we don't want that. <laughs> we don't, we don't yeah. want that. So so it's either he knocks out Kobe and fights Jorge, which again would not. It's a sexy matchup, but it ain't. The, it's a it's a good matchup, but it ain't a sexy matchup, I should say. And. If 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 Usman steps aside and then loses, it is going to open up. It's gonna be what if Usman loses, 
what equivalent is happening to Jorge will mirror what's going to happen to Kobe. Because Kobe will talk, will be Connor in a sense, right? He's going to talk all that crap, and you know he's going to target Jorge, and Jorge's going to be in that octagon as soon as that fight ends, with his hands behind his back, and we all think he's going to get, a, a, you know, two piece in a soda. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I'm trying to tell you right now, dude. Uzbot better not do less than a knockout. Because it cannot... He... I... UFC is stupid. This, like... Kobe... This is so big for Kobe. That Uzbot can get another chance. But Kobe cannot let this go. Yeah, a lot of weight is on this one for Kobe to win. You can, I think you can tell by his interviews recently and how he's been more uh, kind of upfront about how it's a character. I think he's got concerns about it. And I do agree with you, though. What Usman can't afford is for this to be Woodley Wonderboy, his version of Woodley Wonderboy. Right. Even though Woodley came out with the win, nobody was impressed. Everybody was upset. And I actually thought it was he got unfair treatment from then on because prior to that, he was so dominant. With Usman, he's been dominant, but he's been dominant in a manner that people are already disregarding as boring. And it'll get ugly. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell you, bro. Like, he's not getting, like, it's like people were tired of Woodley. And yeah, for the moment, it felt good. Like, I'm sure, like, people. Not to me, because I wanted Woodley to win. But I'm sure, like, at the moment, like, finally, we got rid of Woodley. Like, he can go somewhere. He can go to England, which he doesn't want to go and fight Leon, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but people are hungry for an actual character, and Usman's not that guy, you know. Izzy's doing well at 185 by trying to make a market himself as a character. And... Jorge, in his own division, is marketing himself hella well. So again, a Jorge versus a Jorge versus Usman is a good matchup, regardless. But nope, like what? Nobody cares. I mean, it's not gonna. Yeah, he's gonna. Jorge's fighting for a title. He's finally might you know he finally might get a title a shot, and he finally might win a title. So I think that's actually a winnable matchup for Jorge, honestly. But it's not sexy, dude. And it, and it's not... That's not what I think is going to help anybody besides... I don't know, dude. Just putting more hardware... The only, the only other person I feel like it can help is Floyd Mayweather, which is a whole different subject, which we'll get to. <laughs> but yeah. but I, don't, I, think, I think Jorge would lose if... I think Jorge in the UFC loses if Kobe doesn't win. How about that's that's well, it the most valuable fight for Jorge is probably if Kobe wins and he gets a title fight. If Kobe loses and Usman's the champion, I think especially if it's like we said a Wonder Boy Woodley situation where these dudes just stalemate. I I could picture them very much pressed against the fence jockeying for position in, you know, upper body clinches and none of the trips or takedown attempts working. So that that could very well be what this sort of title fight we get is. Then all of a sudden Nick Diaz was talking uh, Conor McGregor that we, there's some discussion there that Conor McGregor could want that fight. They, all of a sudden those fights start to look a little more valuable even though that that championship comes with pay-per-view money. And the other thing, as far as Usman, no matter who fights Jorge Masvidal next, the crowd is going to be on Jorge Masvidal's side. So for Usman being probably the least known, like it's different for Kobe. Kobe, he's the heel. He wants people not to like him. Usman doesn't have that aspect to him. So for Usman, it's like you're going in there and you're facing somebody who... People, people just prefer to you, even though you're the champion. So I think the best thing Usman can do is 
win that fight and then come up and do the Nate Diaz speech to Conor McGregor. But to Jorge, and just do the Jorge Masvidal, you taking everything I worked for. I'm going to fight your ass and do the call out proper. Like, do something that gives him a little more character or something that makes us appreciate him more because or I say us but I think we both uh, we both recognize how good he is but you know MMA fans on the whole as the the community let's say right and, and, and you're totally right dude he has to spice up the character and he he unfortunately may have to go heel to go against Jorge because I don't think he can go face. I don't think he has enough. It, it's either heel or no response from the audience. Because I don't. Um. Again, I even it. Even if he beats, and he's talking about I'm beating his ass. You know, I'm gonna beat Kobe's ass. Like I, I, I people aren't looking to Usman being the savior. You know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, and the way they would look at Jorge being the savior because I know, and again, the way he shut up Ben Askren and people didn't even know about the like what Ben Askren was saying. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's the same. That's that's what they're looking for for Jorge to do against Kobe. So, so again, I think I think. In people's minds, if they really think about it, that that fight, there's nothing that Usman's gonna be able to do that they they that they wouldn't want Jorge to do in a worse way type of thing. Well, so the one thing though is Usman has a really good case for. Uh, check this out. Check this out. Usman is beat. Number one, number four, number five, and number six in the division. The only two he hasn't beaten are Kobe and Masvidal in the top six. So he could be on his way to cleaning out the division. I don't know that that resonates with people the way it should, but he's on his way to having the division cleaned out after his second title defense if he can get through Kobe and Masvidal, which is a major accomplishment and is where these guys start to talk super fights like he's way closer to the to that sort of uh, situation where he can call out whoever the hell he wants than people realize and I it's like will he ever get that recognition maybe maybe and it's a long shot but beating the most hated guy in the division and then coming right back and beating the most beloved guy in the division will bring enough attention that people will start to appreciate that the guy's just he's beating everybody yeah you, you're right he'll overcome a lot if he can beat both and uh, that Jorge fight will bring a different type of heat because people it's gonna take some realization that hey he is a real deal you know and but again for for UFC and Jorge's sake, let's hope that Kobe wins. But I, I, I got Usman winning, dude. Me too. Usman, uh, five round unanimous decision. I'd go probably four to one with Kobe taking the fifth round because Usman's gonna play it safe. I got, I got the same. I got a unanimous decision. I don't know, maybe three two, but it's, it's not, it's not a win. It's not. He's not gonna win the way he should, and. That means everybody loses. Yep, I, I feel you on that. I'm nervous about this fight being boring, but the real main event is is before this anyway. My main event. You know what I'm talking about, bro. You're talking about GDR versus Nunes. That's your... Oh, wait. Are you talking about Max versus <laughs> yeah. Alex? Yes, that's my main event, bro. Max Holloway versus Alex Volkanovski is the fight I'm looking forward to the most. Okay. So... That's funny because to me, Alex is a perfect person not to go against Max. I, I he's short and he's stocky. Uh huh. Uh huh. He's short and he's stocky, and I think that he's in over his head. He's a little bit. I mean, how do you say that a fighter is too confident? 
I think he thinks that Max is on the same level of everybody he's fought, and he's totally not. not I understand that he. I understand that he just handled Aldo, but Max is so, at this point. This Max is such on a on a way different level that it's gonna look like a sparring match. What? When Max comes back, <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I don't see Max breaking a sweat. I see Max taking this with ease. If I see Max d- d- dictating when he wants to finish this fight, you know what? So I, so I can see. Uh, let me play devil's advocate and give Volkanovski his props just to do that. But I kind of agree with you. We're, let's talk strengths of Volkanovski, and we'll go off the Aldo fight. And also, he did uh, TKO Chad Mendez before that. But again, these are Mendez and Aldo at different points from their career compared to when Mendez fought Aldo, for instance, in the sequel fight, which was a damn classic. Everyone that hasn't seen that fight, go see Mendez Aldo too. But anyway, um, those are his two big wins. And then Darren Elkins is his third toughest opponent, which is a good opponent a tough opponent but when we say there's levels to this shit max holloway is far away above them but what volkanovsky has put together against these guys is he's a volume striker but he mixes in a shitload of feints fakes little you know everything everything's moving and then he'll do which i i referenced it a little bit earlier he doesn't commit to every strike but he scores points on them so against aldo there was a lot of little leg kicks and little choppy stuff that then Aldo would kind of get impatient and start reacting to the feints more. And when Aldo did pull the trigger, Volkanovski was very quick to throw him off balance with takedown attempts, pin him to the cage and work from there. So uh, it was, he's very good at throwing off your timing. He's a constantly forward fighter and he's got a ton of volume and really strong. The guy was a 200 plus pound uh, rugby player so he's got a lot more strength than your typical 145er and pro- I'm assuming more chin we haven't really seen that tested that heavily which I thought Aldo would be that test but the what I just described is kind of why I think you're seeing Max have more decision making in this or have more control because uh, Frankie Edgar is probably who we've always thought of as the master of throwing people's timing off, of feints and volume, and mixing takedowns and level changes. And Max, the the height and reach, the ability to control the octagon, the precision striking, and the ability to mix up combinations. He ran through Frankie. He's run through guys who are faster than Alex. Aldo uh, in a much better shape, and he dominated Aldo in a way that Volkanovski did not. Um, Max has cleared out all of the best guys, not just, you know, Volkanovski's got two names, Mendez and Aldo. Th- those are his real accomplishment names, and neither of them were at their best. And what I what I see is the key for Volkanovski is getting Max's feet behind that black line so that he can push him up against the cage and try to let his strength dictate things. I don't think he's going to be able to back Max up like that. And when you have two guys that like to come forward, that like to use motion and have the lateral movement that Max and Alex do, I tend to go for the guy with the sharpest jab because that's, I just think in all combat sports, that jab is just so useful. And then add to that the length advantage that Max has. And it's just, it's hard for me to picture this fight going any other way than Max dotting him up. It's not Brian Ortega bad, but I think that Alex Volkanovski has the perfect style for Max to showcase his dominance against. We all know Volkanovski's good. There's almost nobody left in the division anymore. And this is going to be one of those fights that is just confirmation of how good Max is to me. The only threat is if Volkanovski can consistently take Max down. And I just don't see that happening. And you're right. That's the thing, though. Remy, that's the thing. When you look at Frank Yeager and Brian Ortega, who was on a nasty tear, who beat Frank Yeager right before, and does Alex have a better 
is Alex a better striker? Or, yeah, is Alex a better striker than Edgar? One would argue probably not, or maybe on par. But Frankie Edgar has decent boxing. And, and, and even though Frankie Edgar is in the latter part of his career, is a dangerous threat to anybody. And he toyed with that man. He literally was trying to Rory McDonald, Ryan Ortega. <laughs> and what I mean by that is Robbie Lawler versus Robbie Lawler versus uh, Rory McDonald was trying to leave Ortega in a bloody pulp. It's dangerous going against Max at 145. So I don't see Alex being crafty enough to be able to because to me it's not about fighting it's not it's not at this point right now you're not fighting max straight up you're not he he doesn't have that body style to me right now or the intangible to fight max so then there has to be it has to be next level you're gonna have to set up traps you're gonna have to bait max to overextend do something where, and that's what people are going to have to do, period, now, you know, to, to get Max. Unless Max had a horrible, uh, had an undisclosed injury, or had a terrible weight cut, you're not beating Max straight up. I don't I don't see it at 145. There, I don't, there's no threat. So, you're going to have to outsmart him, and again, I don't see that happening either. Yeah, so, agreed. Agreed. So, so to me, I, I'm thinking I, I, I think Max gets him out in the third or fourth, dude. You're reading my mind on that. I, I got Max late third, early fourth round stoppage, and I, I feel the same way. I think the key to beating Max at this point is being able to bait him into counters or being able to wrestle, being able to force him into a grappling match. Maybe we haven't seen that, but it's just. I don't see anybody at 145 beating him standing up, and especially not when you're giving up the type of height and reach that Volkanovski is. I think the worst possible uh, deficit you can have with Max's style is to be somebody who's giving up that much height and reach, and you're a forward-moving striker. It's just, I, I'm excited about it because I think Max is going to put on a damn show, and I... I'm happy about it. I'm gonna probably make some money. I'm gonna put some money on Max for that one. Oh, what what do you, what's the word on what's the word on Max? What's the do you have any cover on that, or are you you gonna just tell me later? Uh, I'll have to tell you after. I haven't checked yet, but I'm confident that that line will be closer than it should be because I feel like since that Poirier fight, people have been doubting Max, and people I don't know what they saw in that Poirier fight. I thought that was a way closer fight than he gets credit for from a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and then and then after that he he went and demolished Edgar, right? Yeah, and then and then yeah he put on a consummate performance against a Hall of Famer, the second Hall of Famer that he's gone end to end dominating, or not end to end actually. Aldo won the first round of both fights, but like had dominant performances against Aldo twice and then Edgar, one forty five. Until somebody shows me something, uh, it's Max's division. Amen to that. Amen to that. Now we have arguably the GOAT versus GDR Jermaine Durandamay? 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 Okay. Yeah, GDR. So for me, honestly, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth how GDR did the Holly Holm thing uh, fight and all that. I'm still... I'm still I still feel some type of way about that. So I want Nunes to win straight up, straight up, no lie about it. I don't know if anybody could beat Nunes. <laughs> and, and, but with that being said, I feel like she's not getting her appreciation either. And that's unfortunate because she's cleaned out the division. She'd be the who's who. So I don't I don't know. I don't know what's next for her if she beats GDR. It's almost like you need her to lose because 
you're not putting Megan Anderson against her. Like that's that's <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> and Holly Holm, I mean, she I don't know how many title shots she can get. So what 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 else is there? So the one fight left for Nunes after this one, and we'll find out she's fighting on the same card. Kedlin Vieira was kind of on the short list. She probably, I think she would have gotten the fight with Nunes instead of home, but she had a major knee injury and has been out for, I think, more than a year now. So uh, we got to see how she looks when she comes back. She's also not fighting anyone near the top of the rankings. She's fighting Irene Aldana, who's a good opponent, but she's ranked number 10. But that's who's left. And uh, the reason I'm bringing that up is because I don't see GDR winning this fight. Um, Amanda Nunes has beaten Jermaine Durandame before. It was early in her career. Nunes was a different fighter at that time, but she took Durandame down and I think it was a first round TKO. It It wasn't, it was pretty dominant, basically. She mounted her. And that's the difference. Durandame is a really good striker. I'll give her all the credit in the world for that, but she had to do a bunch of dirty shit to beat Holly Holm. Then she made ex- she had the worst hand injury I've ever heard of and could not fight Cyborg until she was forced to relinquish the belt. And then she was back and fighting at 135 away from Cyborg. So she ducked Cyborg in my book. That's how it looks to me. Yeah. And we're, we're looking at somebody who is a very good striker against who didn't want it with cyborg fighting amanda nunes who has beaten to me the only three other women that get in the conversation for goat female fighter are cyborg lost to nunes um misha tate maybe lost to nunes ronda rousey lost to nunes and then who's left after that you know gina carano is the only one she didn't beat and holly holm and she head kick knockout holly holm like her dominance is so the least appreciated thing in the sport to me because you don't get people dominating the sport like this. Uh, Ronda Rousey was dominating her division the way Amanda Nunes is, and Ronda Rousey was a superstar. And this is knockouts. I don't understand the lack of more appreciation for Nunes, but I, you know, maybe another knockout and then a fight with a great grappler will be enough to get her there. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Because again, you're only as big as your as the people they put you against, especially if they're not marketing you. And I I would have thought in this day and era, Nunez would, would get more recognition. But she hasn't. So GDR isn't the girl that's gonna give her that either. But she'll just have to keep patting her resume. <laughs> I mean, I don't I, <laughs> I, I see her taking... I didn't even know she faced GDR back in the day. But I see her taking out GDR each second round. Third yeah. round max. I don't see it going past the third, my dude. Yeah, me neither. And that's the thing is, if GDR is has an advantage on the feet, I'd imagine that Amanda Nunes can switch to that wrestling. We haven't seen it very much in the latter half of her career. She hasn't needed it. But I don't trust GDR's takedown defense to be that good. And uh, the Randomay's big win to get here was Aspen Ladd, who is super green. So it's just for me, it, I don't know. I, maybe it's Holly Holm bias because of the way she fought Holly Holm. I could say that, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard not to dislike somebody that fights a class act like that. And then, but the other thing is, I actually do have respect for GDR as a striker. She's beaten a man in a professional fight. I saw a clip of her knocking a guy out in a professional fight. So she's she's legit. But I just, Amanda Nunes is the GOAT of the women fighters. And I don't even think it's close. Oh, two wins against Valentina Shevchenko too, which I disagree with at least one of those decisions. But still, that there is nobody that is in the Women's Hall of Fame that Amanda Nunes doesn't knock out right now, according in my book right now. Yeah, and who, the, who has a resume like hers either? None. Cyborg's the closest. So, that mean, it, it is what it is, guys. You know, we got Peter Young. I got Aldo. Remy went for Mariah's. Yep. 
I we both were for Usman, but I'm trying to tell you people we need a challenge of Kobe winning. UFC needs to have that as well. Max winning. Nunes win as well. Which I think would be easy for, for her as well. So it, it, it we pretty much agree except for the Aldo fight, man. That's scary because last time we were this confident in our picks, we got the whole damn card wrong. Duh. <laughs> not gonna be like that one time, bad, yo. Man. Not gonna be like, it's not gonna be like that, that Cormier card. Yeah. It's not gonna be of that. It's not that I promise you it won't. I, I can't see it. I, I'm very confident in this one. I'm, I might parlay three or four of these fights and try to really cash in on it. Okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. I see you. Taking, well, I'm going for the suckers bets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, man. I, I think I think we're good, man. If if we if we go down on this on this card, dude, we we will we'll turn in our uh, MMA uh, our MMA mics. <laughs> we're, we're not making picks anymore. We're just talking about the fighters. Exactly. No more picks. <laughs> just, just the fight, dude. Just the fight. Just strengths and weaknesses. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Let the people know where they can find you at one more time, Remy. That's J4 Remy. J, the number four, R-E-M-I. And uh, if you're interested, I have a podcast as well. It's called The Fan's Perspective. We've had a couple of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu experts in for interviews and we also had a boxer a former diamond gloves competitor um, a good friend of mine who runs a gym locally so we've had some interesting talks with uh, combat sports alumni nice there we go yeah y'all yeah, better check that out man and you can find me at at kosher FT- So everybody, again, Remy, thank you. Thank you for uh, coming on and definitely figure out what happens this weekend. But everybody, stay blessed, stay positive. We're out. Salute.